This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Tuesday, March 4th, 2008. I'm Caleb Brown. Barack Obama's inspiring rhetoric has helped him take the lead in the race for the Democratic nomination for president. But what about Obama the policymaker and the regulator? What does he mean by managed competition for American health care? And what kind of new mandates would he impose on businesses? Does he have any inclination toward federalism? Michael Tanner, Director of Health and Welfare Studies at the Cato Institute, tallies up the balance sheet. Brian Kaplan over at George Mason University talks about this idea of pessimism bias. That is, libertarians, perhaps, when hearing a right-wing Republican talk about free trade and free markets and it's your money and things like that, tend not to take them at face value believing that, oh, well, they don't necessarily really mean it. However, when they hear Democrats talking about uh, lifting the cap on taxes for Social Security or entering some sort of uh, socialist system of managing some aspect of the economy, absolutely believe it. I think they may have uh, had been proven by experience. Uh, The fact is that, by and large, uh, conservatives have not followed through on their promises. Uh, and at the same time, the left has uh, been much more focused. They may not actually be able to achieve their goals because of political circumstances, but they certainly seem to have a core set of beliefs that often eludes uh, most cons- so-called conservatives. So you might argue that it's not necessarily a bias at all. Uh, I would suggest it's probably careful observation. Okay. Barack Obama... Walk us through some of his issues. If you just listen to Barack Obama's rhetoric, it's pretty hard not to be inspired. Uh, He certainly talks about things like hope and opportunity and the possibilities of America. He offers us a chance to reach across the partisan divides and to to heal the, the very real racial divides in this country. He makes us want to come together. But there are real ideological differences. And if you look at where Barack Obama comes down on individual issues, it is not only to the left of the American public, but to the left wing of the Democratic Party. The nonpartisan National Journal rated him the most liberal U.S. senator, and for good reasons. Uh, On every issue that I can conceive of, he comes down as far left as it's possible within American political spectrum. On healthcare, Obama supports this idea of managed competition, or he's articulated it somewhat. How does he differentiate that from what we have right now? Now, Barack Obama has said that if he were designing a system from scratch, he would prefer a single-payer system like Canada's. But given the political circumstances and the entrenched special interests, he doesn't believe you can go that far. So what he has actually proposed is an idea called managed competition, which leaves health insurance in private hands as privately owned insurance, but it would do so in a highly regulated marketplace where insurers would operate sort of like public utilities, like your electric company, for example. He would have rate caps. The government would determine how much insurers could charge. The government would determine what type of insurance you could have, what benefits had to be included. It would mandate guaranteed issue and community rating nationwide, which means that uh, young, healthy people would have to pay higher premiums in order to subsidize older and sicker people. So it would be a very regulated system, long way down the, the road towards a government-run health care system, even if he doesn't get there in this step. Has he paid any lip service at all to federalism? 
Uh, as far as I can see, there's been almost no case in which uh, Obama has preferred state and local solutions over federal solutions. If you look at his tax record, his spending record, uh, it has generally been in favor of big government. Uh, this is someone who spending proposals to date add up to more than $800 billion per year in new spending. Uh, he says he would pay for all these by uh, repealing the Bush tax cuts, but of course there's only so many times you can do that. You know, the Bush tax cuts are sort of the gift that keeps on giving. We'll repeal them to fund every potential new program, but ultimately you can only repeal them once, uh, give us the highest marginal tax rates in the world, uh, but what would we do after that? On two issues, Obama seems to hold some promise, even if it is very faintly articulated. That was the idea that he might support some forms of school choice if they were demonstrated to work, and the idea that perhaps marijuana ought to be decriminalized. His campaign has since sort of pushed back and suggested that he either didn't really mean that or that was a different time. Are those articulations of policy legacies from his days in Chicago? Well, on the marijuana issue, that I think is a, a legacy of Chicago and running for the Senate in, in a more liberal state. And he has taken the position at one time that he would decriminalize, not necessarily legalize, but decriminalize marijuana. Uh, he has since backed away from that. On education, he has shown a few slight cracks with liberal orthodoxy. Uh, he has talked about the possibility of merit pay for teachers. Uh, he has also said that if he could find real true proof, which somehow has eluded him so far, then he might be open to discussing school choice. Uh, at other times, he's taken a much higher, a much harder line on school choice, calling proposals like that to social Darwinism. So it's hard to see exactly where he's willing to come down on that. But he hasn't been quite as much in lockstop with the teachers union as, say, Hillary Clinton. He has articulated that he would like to increase the regulatory burden on business through living wages, regulate mortgages, and credit card interest rates. He has proposed a, a great many business regulations and business taxes. Uh, of course, he proposes that businesses be required to provide health insurance to their workers, and he does not include a small business exemption. So Joe's Auto Body Shop with three employees would have to come up with health insurance for their, for their workers. Uh, he has called for a living wage, which is higher than the current minimum wage. We don't know exactly what it means, but, uh, but it's going to be a lot of money. He has called for paid family and medical leave so that when people take off to take care of their kids or because they're sick, there would be a mandate that businesses must pay the workers their salary during that period. Uh, so you have a lot of costs he's putting on businesses. At the same time, he also wants to cap uh, credit card interest rates. He wants to have new restrictions on mortgages. He wants to require energy-efficient light bulbs be used in every new business, every new house that's built, things that would drive up the cost of housing with all sorts of green technology. So there's a lot of things that uh, we're going to end up paying for. You know, it's easy in an election to get swayed by the rhetoric and to get caught up in the moment, particularly when we're talking about a truly historic election where we could actually have an African-American candidate for president uh, this truly is an historic occasion. But issues matter. Presidents actually can do things in office. So it's very important that we actually look at what presidents or candidates say they would do when they got in office. It counts. Michael Tanner is Director of Health and Welfare Studies at the Cato Institute. This is the Cato Daily Podcast. You can find out where your U.S. representatives and senators stand on trade 
at our website, freetrade.org.